personal finance presentation filing status prepare to get financially fit by practicing personal finance filing status could have a significant impact on the federal income taxes the statuses include single married filing jointly abbreviated as mfj married filing separately abbreviated as mfs head of household which can be abbreviated as hoh and qualifying widow or widower with a dependent. So we're going to go into some of these in a bit more detail. This is how you often will see them listed out. Note, however, you can kind of break these out into two separate categories. What are your options? In other words, if married, what are your options if single? We've got the not married categories, which include single, head of household, and qualified widow, widower, and the married side, which includes married filing jointly and married filing separately. Now, on the not married side, there's going to be an, a hierarchy. You, can, you don't get to just choose any one of these. There's typically going to be more beneficial statuses for the single, single being the worst, head of household being typically better from a tax standpoint, qualified widow, widower generally being better from a tax standpoint. When you're looking at the married side, then you can, in essence, choose between married filing joint and married filing separate generally. So let's just think about the implications here so we can think about how these might impact your taxes. Note just from a logistical standpoint when we're creating the tax law or when the tax law is created, if you're going from a single person, one person filing a tax return, a 1040, to two people when married, which is a general thing that would happen, married filing joint being the normal status when married, you can think of just logistically kind of the problems to put that together, having two people on one return and versus the one person prior to that. And what you would think would be the result or what you would want to happen is that the general tax result after the marriage would not be detrimental. You won't want the tax code to, to cause a disincentive for marriage generally, although that does happen from time to time and often happens kind of on the lower income of, of the income spectrum because of some of the refundable credits and so on and so forth. But that would be the general idea. Now note, the income taxes, when put in place, they've been in place for a long time. So usually there was a time when people got married that they would still have kind of a one income household, meaning typically one pe person working with the two with the two household in there. And you could see why that would be a little bit easier for them possibly to combine the income together. But now, of course, you could have multiple streams of incomes and the two spouses could be both working, of course, and then you're trying to combine them together. So note that the complications with that would be that you have a progressive income tax system. That means that you're going to be paying higher taxes as your income goes up. So note that all the progressive tables when you file a joint return have to be adjusted for the fact that you might have double the income now because you have two people that are, are joint together. So you're going to be using a completely different uh, progressive tax system in terms of the tax brackets when married. Most people don't know what those brackets are per se because of the fact that you're going to do that calculation using tax software. But that's one of kind of the benefits usually that you will get, meaning when married, usually the tax brackets, you know, you're going to have different tax brackets in terms of, of when your, your tax rate goes up due to the income thresholds that will be taking place there. And therefore, it, you know, you have to hit a higher threshold of income before you get up to the next tax bracket. But on the flip side, you have two people that are basically combining together. So you might have to, so you could see what would basically happen from a logistical standpoint if they're trying to 
make it so when you get married, you come out to basically the, the same tax outcome as you combined two people together. Now you can also see if you have phase outs for like deductions that you're allowed up until a certain threshold of income or you're allowed credits up until a certain threshold of income and then they what we call phase out, you lose some of the benefit of those credits as your income gets above a certain amount, then those phase outs will typically be impacted whether not married or married. So normally when people go from single to married, Hopefully it's gonna be a tax benefit or at least not a tax detriment due to the changes in the code. But especially for possibly lower income individuals, it could actually be a detriment in some cases to be married because some of the credits that are involved are often some of the complex issues with the two incomes that are gonna be put together, meaning things like the earned income tax credit, the child tax credits and so on, especially with the refundable portions of those credits could be impacted adversely going from single to married. So you want to kind of keep those those things just in mind when you do your when you do your planning and so on. Also realize that when you go from single to married, you might think that once married that you'd have the flexibility or the option to file as either single still or whatever your filing status was before you got married or married, whichever is beneficial, but you don't. Remember when you get married, Usually the only options you have are between the filing statuses of married filing joint, which is usually the most beneficial of the two, or married filing separately. You can't normally go back to single or head of household unless there's some kind of separation that would be involved, which in essence, you know, there's some kind of separation where you'd go back to the, the single or head of household. So just realize that and note that the married filing separately is not the same thing as single because the IRS is quite skeptical of people that are married trying to take advantage of the separation and take advantage of things like credits, like the earned income tax credit and so on by simply filing separately in order to maximize some of these kind of credits. And therefore they severely limit the ability for you to get access to those types of credits if you choose to file married filing separately. Also note, that if you plan on filing married filing separately, you could have differences with regards to the property rights of the states that you're gonna be dealing with. Is it in a community property state, for example, or not could have an impact on that. So usually once married, married filing joint is gonna be the better way to go, but you know you want you might wanna test them both out. Also just realize that when you file married filing joint, you could have a, a huge kind of a mis, misallocation or it can be kind of confusing in terms of how much is going to be uh, withheld or need to be withheld when you have people of different incomes that get married because the tax brackets will, will go up due to that progressive tax system. So when you, you have to then determine how much of the taxes should be paid by one or the other and so on and so forth, even if you file the married filing joint return, which is typically gonna be the beneficial way to go. So then if you're not married, then the worst filing status usually for for just tax purposes is single. So that would be the default if you can't qualify in essence anywhere else. And then head of household would be the step up from there. Typically you have some kind of dependent that would be involved in order to qualify for the head of household. And then you got the qualified widow or widower, which of course would be a special circumstance in which case uh, you're a widow or widower. So usually when not married, the two options are single or head of household, and you're gonna choose the best of the two in that case. If you qualify for head of household, that's the one you choose. If not, you default to single. So head of household 
That's uh, not married who has a child or dependent relative. So that's generally going to be the major factor that will be involved in the head of household. You can visit the IRS website if you're if you're in an area where you kind of have questions about it and take a look at some more detail on the filing status. You can find that at irs.gov, irs.gov. Obviously, the qualified widow or widower with a dependent is limited to two years after the death of a spouse. So if there's after the death of a spouse, then note that when married, you would have the most, the more beneficial generally married filing joint status. And then if the spouse dies and there's a dependent, then you may qualify for the qualified widow or widower, which means that you might have that, that better benefit of, in essence, getting the same taxes treatment generally as if married, meaning the, the tax bracket changes from single to married with the difference in the income thresholds and so on uh, there for two years after the death of the spouse. So again, if you got any questions in terms of are you falling in between on the filing statuses and that kind of thing, I've, there's a lot of areas with joint custody that become issues um, in terms of head of household status. Are you still married or not married? Can you, can you file separated? Those kind of issues. You would start by looking at those by researching them on the IRS website at irs.gov, irs.gov.